Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Hi. You're far away. I'm like a five minute drive away. <laughs> it, okay, it's, I'm sorry, it's a seven minute drive. So much, oh, much oh, farther. My apologies. <laughs> Whatever you were saying. And uh, and I am in my closet. Yeah, why are you in your closet? Uh, my closet is wonderful. It is my little sound studio. I've got I've got my little like sound absorbing semi circular thing. But why aren't you sitting right in front of me like you usually do? Oh, my kids have COVID. My kids have COVID. Both my kids. Ugh. My son has COVID. And my daughter has COVID. But and they're okay. Maybe I have COVID. Who can tell? But y'all are okay. You guys are fine, right? Oh, it's all fine, though. It's all fine. It's all fine. No, we are... um, I have a slightly runny nose. The children claim to have a runny nose. I have seen no evidence of this. They are... My son just did a backwards somersault and landed on the floor next to my bed. He's... Yeah, we're all fine. And so far, we're, we we may be highly contagious, but we're a delight. It's a good thing you're vaccinated because it could be a heck of a lot worse. Oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm double vaccinated. I'm boosted. I've got the whole shebang. So, yeah, let's say. Well, happy new year. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who's not going to Disney World? I'm not Aww. going to Disney World. My kids aren't going to Disney World. Nobody's going bummer. to Disney World sucks but that's okay because we're doing a book on a podcast uh, yep that's a that's, weird segue that's looking <laughs> on the bright side ain't it that was uh, not a segue at all but uh it's totally a segue and uh <laughs> totally a segue absolutely is and this this podcast will uh well first of all who are you i am kate the healthy one and i'm betsy the sick one uh yes and what what is uh what is what is the point of this here podcast game. What's the point? What's the point of it all? <laughs> Give uh, me a good nihilist uh, answer on this one. <laughs> the point is to talk about children's picture books and whether they're classics or not. That is the point. Whether we actually get to it is an entirely different question altogether. <laughs> but yes, that is that is what that is the aim. That is the goal. And that's that's, that's our resolution for 2022. Is it to... is my resolution for 2022 is to do what the goal of my podcast is. <laughs> I think I can attain it. I don't want to brag. So uh, yes, and today's book, I should say, uh, you know, by the time this podcast airs, you know, the 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 Christmas season will be over, but that doesn't mean that the gift giving has to stop. So we are doing a book that I would like to say is gift related shall i shall i mockingly um seemingly pull it out of my virtual bag here even yes, though it's please. on your side i'll give you a drum roll oh thank you it's mr rabbit and the lovely present by charlotte zolotow illustrated by marie sendek really yeah right right you didn't see that one coming nope it's like where wild things are Outside over there, uh, in the night kitchen, and Mr. Rabbit and the Lovely Present. 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just threw her for a loop, folks. Yep. That's a good one. All right. Well, why don't you go read that book? All right. All right. While Kate does her read, uh, I should be telling you something about this book, but there's really not a heck of a lot to say about it. So, once again, I'm going to turn to the written stylings of the site Slap Happy Larry. Yes, Slap Happy Larry, where picture books are dissected to minutia, I will say. And I will, of course, include a link in the show notes. In this particular case, uh, Slap Happy Larry has some choice nuggets to say about this book. For example, makes the point that Mr. Rabbit seems to be more of a puka, as in the classic movie Harvey of the mid-20th century. Slap Happy Larry claims there is no blue in this book, a point that I would contest is not true, but I will discuss that with Kate. And, of course, uh, what I find interesting, which is, is not actually mentioned, is, of course, the fact that Maurice Sendak was the illustrator of this book. And Maurice Sendak professed an unapologetic love for Mickey Mouse. Maurice Sendak adored Mickey Mouse. I find it very strange. He never thought to become an animator in any way, shape, or form. He never did. But he, he loved Mickey Mouse till the day he died. Now, this book seems to have more of an association with, I would say, Bugs Bunny. This is very much a Bugs Bunny character, to down to how he stands and leans. Uh, so the question is, was Maurice Sendak a secret lover of Looney Tunes? And we're back. Did you read a lovely book about a lovely present? I read a book about a super creepy rabbit. Okay, so according to uh, one of my sources, the word creepy comes up uh, with this book very often with contemporary readers' reviews. Not only because of the way he looks, but the things that comes to his mind are not um, appropriate for a kid's book. Oh, I can think of one of those things, but I don't want to ruin it for you. So, uh, Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. I mean, I looked... I look at the cover of the book, and the first thing I thought of was The Secret Garden Meets Donnie Darko. <laughs> Which... What is it with giant creepy rabbits? So there's Donnie Darko. Do you remember? You probably don't. I think you were too young for this. But there used to be this like animated series at night on MTV. I can't remember. Liquid Television, I think it was called. And they had this adaptation of a graphic novel called The Max. And it had the creepiest, the the creepiest rabbit of all time. And a guy know. in a giant this, rabbit suit. This but. is some pretty stiff competition here with this guy. So huh? he, this little girl comes up to this, I don't know, probably like a four foot tall rabbit. He's I guess not, he's not that much taller than her. So yes. He's, I don't know. He seems taller I don't know. It depends if her. you count the ears. If the ears were straight up, then he'd be much taller. Right, right, exactly. So this little girl comes up to Mr. Rabbit and says, I want help. Want? Not need? Don't you say I need help, not I want help? And she and she says it again, like, I want your help. Uh, my mother's birthday is coming up and I have nothing to give her. That's why I want help. She never says please. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, There's no. There's no please about this. Definitely not. There's nope. very much of a de- demand being made but i feel like mr rabbit is very sarcastic well he says little girl 
you really do want help. And she's like, I would like to give her something that she likes. And I just imagine, and this is what Mr. Rabbit says. He says, something that she likes is a good present. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Mr. Rabbit has a sardonic edge to it. Then we get to the creepy part right from the get-go. Really? Right from the start. She's He's asking her, like, what does she like? And the little girl says, well, she likes red. And he's, Mr. Rabbit's like, well, yeah, I can't give her red. <laughs> like, if he's an imaginary friend, he's the meanest imaginary friend. He's just very sarcastic. I love it. Yeah. Until he gets creepy, which is, uh, you know, he's trying, he's trying to help her. He's like, well, you know, what's, what's something red? And, uh, and he says, well, he, he says this, there's red underwear. Now, when you think hmm. of something red, is underwear the first thing that pops into your mind? It's not. Uh, no, no, of course it's not. No, it's not. But that's the first thing he suggests is... Maybe this is uh, a Valentine's Day book. I don't know. What little girl would give red underwear to her mother? Come on. <laughs> that's weird. So well, maybe she- it's like in the movie Elf where he gives his dad the lingerie because it said it was for someone special she's like i can't give her that and then he goes I mean, that's fair yeah but he says there are red birds red cardinals and she says no she likes birds and trees which made me go um i'm sorry aren't cardinals in trees i don't but right, then but- but then I had to reread it and be like, oh, is she saying that her mom prefers birds in trees that are out and free rather right. than in a that cage? That was how I read it anyway, yeah. No, 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 no. She's saying not in cages, but in trees. Yeah, Got it. I, I, okay. I think that's where she's coming from there, yeah. Uh, so he suggests, well, there's red fire engines. She says she doesn't like fire engines. He says there are apples, which would have been the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> when what, you not say- underwear? No! Oh, my gosh. So then she's like, oh, yeah, that's good. She likes apples. And the illustration, I need to point this out for anyone who tries to grow apples. Do not ever pull an entire branch off of the tree to get said apples. Like, you take the Like, the branch has come off of the tree entirely? Yes! He's holding on on to it so that she can grab some apples, but I'm like, no, no, no. You take the apple, you twist it. You twist the apple, yes. And that way you don't ruin that branch. Uh, I guess that's true. Those small children don't have a good grasp of that, so very much they do grab the whole branch but and you the have rabbit like, no, no, is no. the one the rabbit is holding the br- the broken branch for her oh i see it's, well maybe he found it on the ground <laughs> what and then crawled up a tree and then uh, carried it no, up he no he found the broken branch with the apples and is now hand- oh, allowing her to take tree? gummy yeah, no. wormy uh-uh. nope. disgusting apples <laughs> no so no. she she's she's got her red apples but she's like but i need something else and he's like, all right, well, what else does she like? And she says, well, she likes yellow. And I'm thinking, if he says underwear again, I swear. <laughs> I'm actually a little gross. surprised he doesn't, because this is very much a picture book that depends on repetition to a certain extent. So the logical thing for him to say would be yellow underwear. Yes. Nope, he goes straight to taxi cabs. Um, that's, that's okay, his... Okay, where's your mind, dude? All right, sure. That's his go-to yellow, um... Huh. And then he suggests the sun, but she says, 
I can't give her the sun, though I wish I could. No, but, no, 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 no. Uh, right, but then they come across in this, what I thought was like an apple orchard, but now I guess they're in the woods or something. Um, mm-hmm. They come across what looks like someone's picnic because there's a bottle of wine, a glass, bananas, <laughs> dishes, and he sees these bananas on the ground, like on this, uh, like a blanket. And he's like, Hey kid, you like bananas? The kid's like, yeah, she likes bananas. So they steal this person's bananas who was having a fine picnic. Well, but what happened to the person? Well, maybe they went to go. That looks like a murder scene, my friend. No, it doesn't. They went to go use. They went to go use the bathroom. Oh, I see. Do you want to use the bathroom right next to where you're eating? Well, no. Exactly. All right. And he comes back and he finds the wine is still there, but the bananas are gone. (laughs) You know what? I'd be grateful for the wine being remaining. So, you know, take what you can get, people. <laughs> you, you leave your food out in the woods. And a, some random rabbit's going to take it. A four-foot rabbit is going to take it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. So then uh, they're like, all right. Uh, but she says, oh, she needs something more. But she, she likes the color green. And again, in his sarcastic little four-foot-tall <laughs> rabbit voice, <laughs> you can't give her green. So... um then guess what? I his... like, I like how it now sounds that he's been like smoking a pack a day for years. Kid, you can't get your mother red, and you can't get a green, and you can't get a yellow. What are you gonna do? Give a traffic light? What? Do you... That maybe that's what she wants. I don't know. Leave I me insist alone. You now read every book in that voice because that is the best. <laughs> and Kate reads the classics. Yeah, exactly. And so he suggests emeralds. That's his go-to green. Is emeralds. It's, uh, hey, look, it's more practical than the underwear or the taxi cab, but it's still not practical. That's great. <laughs> and the girl's like, I can't afford an emerald. She probably doesn't even know what an emerald is. She's like, I don't know. Eight. She knew enough to know she didn't afford it. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, again, he suggests a bird. Parrots. Parrots are in trees. He suggests p- peas and spinach. And she's like, no, we have those for dinner. And then we come across the line that makes me not like the mother are you ready for this yeah he suggests caterpillars some of them are very green and the little girl says she doesn't care for caterpillars who doesn't like caterpillars well okay i had caterpillars that were eating my tomatoes they were hornwormed caterpillars they were disgusting they were the largest. They were huge. They were so big. So big, Kate. They were gigantic. And at that moment in time, I didn't like caterpillars. Normally I do. But I'm imagining this, like, bloated, huge... Actually, they were tobacco hornworms, even though they were eating my tomatoes. Tobacco hornworm caterpillars just chomping down greens. But I don't care for them either sometimes. It depends on the caterpillar. Maybe the mom's a gardener. But to say you don't like caterpillars in general, I don't know. I don't like the mom. I don't care what she gets. I think she should get crap for her birthday. So then the... Well, this book came out before The Very Hungry Caterpillar. So there was no frame of reference. Ah, this book comes out in 1962. uh, And if I'm remembering correctly, The Very Hungry Caterpillar came out in like 69. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, he suggests pears because, for some reason, there is a gigantic pear tree. I have never seen a pear tree 
this huge. It is ginormous. And so they pick some pears to go with the apples and the bananas. Apparently she's going to make her mom a fruit salad. So then the little girl's like, oh no, she needs something more. She, she likes the color blue. Betsy, would you like to do the voice of the rabbit in response to she saying she likes blue? Well, you can't give her blue. There you go. All right. I've got it. I've got the rabbit voice now. You can now play the part of the rabbit. Very good. The rabbit as played by Aunt Selma. <laughs> oh, look. A bench. <laughs> so, uh, so the rabbit's like, well, lakes are blue. She's like, I can't get You're not her. even trying, Mr. Rabbit. At well, this at point, this you're po- not trying. Yeah. The girl, now the girl's getting sarcastic. She's like, but I can't give her a lake, you know. It it says you know so you know oh so now she's given as good as she's getting I like exactly it. I like it. and then he says stars are blue I'm sorry what now come to, come to what who uh what who said maybe that stars he doesn't are blue? know what blue is um or maybe he's never seen a star I don't know because this is on the page that is showing a creek that is blue and the sky which is blue with white specks in the sky representing stars does she say stars aren't blue what are you talking about uh she says i can't give her stars but i would if i could no well technically the sun's a star so she's just repeating what she said before all right fine (laughs) so then he says well try how about sapphires she says no he says how about blue grapes Uh, which apparently is a thing i thought they were purple um or red but uh, he says blue there are grapes. blue grapes, but they're not really edible, I don't think. Uh. Well, she's going to give them to her mom. She's Okay, mom can turn them into a lovely wine that will yep. then not be stolen by a rabbit at a picnic. <laughs> well, no, she puts them all in a basket. So now it's a fruit basket. You, Where'd you she got... get the basket from? She already had a basket. Oh, see, that's the forward thinking there. All right. Yep. So all she right. fills the basket with the pear, the green pears and the yellow bananas and the red apples and the blue grapes. And it made a lovely present. And then you turn the page to the most terrifying picture in the entire book. And wait, I, wait, wait. I am not going to be able to sleep for years. Wait, what is it? <laughs> I'm so curious now. The rabbit is walking away back into the woody area at night, looking okay. over his shoulder, just like a demon possessed. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the little girl is like waving back at him like... Okay, thanks for your help. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. And he's and he's looking back at her like goodbye, kid. And then <laughs> but but it says and a happy birthday and a happy basket of fruit to your mother. <laughs> and then and then uh that's the end. Is this one of those cases where like you hear this, like this is sort of like a horror movie trope where the kid has an invisible friend and everyone's like, oh, it's cute. They have an invisible friend. And then the invisible friend turns out to be some malevolent spirit of some sort that's yes. coming to kill all of them. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of a yeah. Danny Torrance kind of situation. I mean, yeah. you look at the last picture of this book and you don't tell me that screams, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's it. That's it. That's, that's the it. last word. It, yeah. It, well, the last oh, I words have are done this the book end. For Halloween. Huh. Yeah. Well, it came out as I say in 1962, and apparently, the librarians on the Caldecott committee didn't have any of your issues uh, because they awarded it a Caldecott, I believe, honor uh, in 1963. 
So, you know, in Charlotte Zolotow, she was an editor, protege of Ursula Nordstrom. And we've done one of her books. Uh, as it happens, we did uh, we did William's Doll, if you recall. Yeah. Which was by her. Yeah. So this is a very different, <laughs> very different take, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's really all there is to say about it. It's not a particularly well-remembered book. Uh, in spite of the fact that it is Sendak doing the art. So, uh, I'm just gonna call it, uh, ratings time. Okay, so, I don't know if I would call A Fruit Basket a lovely present. I think the title is a bit misleading. Well, um, if you're expecting, like, the kid to just, like, scribble on a piece of paper, and or or if if that. I mean, kids don't always give presents to their parents, and if they do, they tend to be so impractical that you wouldn't even, like, really know what to do with them. You can eat fruit. Fruit's not a bad gift. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I all for this one. I guess the book teaches kids colors and stealing fruit, but between <laughs> the red underwear, the scary rabbit, the stolen food, and the fact that mom doesn't like caterpillars, I'm out. You did preempt this last week by saying that you'd pick a book that wasn't a classic, and I cannot disagree. I gave this a 2.75. I won't remember this book in a week, Ooh. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, you know who else doesn't remember this book? Everyone. America. That's right. Uh, yeah, this book is not well remembered. If it's remembered for anything at all, it's remembered for the fact that it was a rare Sendak Zolotow collaboration. But even of Sendak's books, I wouldn't even say this is in the top 15. I think maybe you could get it in the top 20, maybe. That would be kind of fun, actually. If you ranked all of Sendak's books, ooh, that would be fun. I should do that someday for, like, nerd fun. But this would not make the, the upper echelons. It's, uh, it's fine. It's bizarre. I mean, Mr. Rabbit is seen as a full-sized, walking-on-his-hind-legs, humanoid-like bunny man, uh, which is very strange and very irregular. Is it his best work? I would say no. It's nice. I am still disturbed as to what happened to those picnickers. Um, <laughs> what did he do to them? But uh, beyond that, no, it's not memorable. It's not particularly well-remembered. I have nothing against it. Uh, if anything, the elements that you've pointed out make it more interesting than it would be otherwise. <laughs> it's written in a perfectly well-written way. I'm giving it a three. Okay, so with our scores combined, it is definitely not a classic. Not a classic! <laughs> oh well. Too bad. Sad trombone noise. <laughs> that is correct. Alright. Uh, Grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. So I haven't been doing that much grown-up stuff <laughs> recently. I've uh, been dealing with the end of the year and kids getting COVID and all that stuff. And in times of trial, in times of sorrow even, I would say the thing that I turn to, that's my podcast. And, and I know I've mentioned this one before, but I want to—I just want to give it a special shout-out. Because not every podcast I enjoy can be listened to while I make dinner. Uh, which is what I like to do. I like to play them while I make dinner. Uh, but usually, there's a proliferation of the swears and uh, or the topics that aren't entirely child-friendly. And of course, the minute something inappropriate comes on, here toddles in my son or daughter uh, being like, what's that mean? And be like, ah! So 
I, for that very reason, and even though this is kind of ridiculous, but the medical uh, disasters podcast Sawbones, in spite of the fact that they talk about all sorts of disgusting medical problems, it's the most child-friendly show out there, um, which I think they do on purpose to a certain extent. Um, not that they won't touch on different issues, um, but they aren't gross about them. They definitely don't swear. And and recently they've had a, a lovely series of uh holiday related things. They they did they went through Home Alone and described every way in which you could die um when the robbers, uh the wet bandits come through the house. Uh my favorite being when the blowtorch uh goes onto one of the guy's heads, uh that's when his skull would melt. And I, I just love that image. It's like, that's the skull melting part. So that was great. They also went through the 12 days of Christmas and they each had to come up with like how each gift could potentially um, kill you. And that was great. I really enjoyed that. And then there's some, uh, there's just some, some other ones that I just love, like uh, the, the history of Alka-Seltzer and uh, how all these crazy conspiracy people are giving advice on how to detox from the vaccine. Uh, which you can't do because that's not what a vaccine does, people. But it's amusing to hear about. So Sawbones, the podcast. Love it. When I think of the new year, I think of the mob. (laughs) Do you? Do you? Sure. (laughs) Doesn't that be when you think about Valentine's Day? So I'm I'm combining kind of three things into one, but they're all about the mob. So Great. the first thing is um, there's a three-episode documentary on Netflix called Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about New York City's five families, uh, the Gambinos, Columbos, Bonanos, Lucchesis, and Genovese crime organizations. Now, these five mm-hmm. families worked together, which I didn't know. Uh, and they pretty much ruled over New York in the 70s and 80s. I mean, they took over different industries and unions and, uh, you know, cops and every everything. The, the mob had their hand in everything until a group of federal agents uh, at the time, which was kind of unthinkable, they took them all down at the exact same time. Oh, my. And, it's a it's three episodes on Netflix. It's really interesting um, to like listen to the people who were on kind of both sides of it because they talked to some old uh, mob guys. Uh, they talked to old federal agents who were part of it. Uh, they play like a lot of the uh, tape recordings that they had at the time. So yeah, it was monumental, uh, and I highly recommend it. Then what's the name of it again? Uh, Fear City. Nice. And then if you happen to be in the Las Vegas area, they have the Mob Museum, which is officially the National Museum of Organized Crime and Law Enforcement, but <laughs> they they call it the Mob Museum. So it's got all sorts of artifacts and stories and history about organized crime. It has the St. Valentine's Day Massacre Wall, 
like the actual bricks with the yeah. bullet holes in it. Um, it's got artifacts from Prohibition. It talks about the five families also. Uh, like they show different ways people would scam the, uh, at the casinos, which I thought was interesting. Like they would put in a, a chip and then tie a fish line to it so they could pull the chip back yeah. and then keep using that same. It's really interesting. And then they also talk about uh, how mobs are portrayed in Hollywood movies, which they have a script from the godfather which <laughs> if you look at it it's just a lot of uh handwriting that says blood effects here blood effects there <laughs> blood effects there um and then my third thing is that i found out my boss his uncle is <laughs> featured in a book called murder machine a true story oh. of murder madness and the mafia um, so I'm, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to, uh, apparently my boss's uncle has a nickname, so I'm going to like try and find him in this book and see, uh, what happened. So yeah, there you go. You have Three to understand, I, I hear all this and I'm like, you're never getting out of that job. You're going to, you're going to, you're in the, with the family for life now. Uh, all my bosses are Italian. That's normal, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I just, I was just in New York visiting them, and I decided that uh, I I want to be part of the family, and I said I want to be a Ramzini, and they're like the Ramzinis. Oh, <laughs> Aww, it's Papa's greatest wish. He always yeah. wanted to be Italian. Though they did Aww. say, well, Atienza sounds like it could be Italian. Yeah, the Atienza, you know, Atienza, yeah. <laughs> Atienzini. Yeah. Right, <laughs> it all works. So there you go. Those are my three things about the mob. Very nice. <laughs> how mobberific it is. <laughs> Welcoming in the new year. With... I mean, how else do you bring in the new year? <laughs> I, I literally, at this point, have you do no it, clue. You do it with family, Betsy. With family. Oh, That's with family. Right. With exactly. family. With family. <laughs> and red underwear. <laughs> Apparently, well, no. No red underwear. Not allowed. I'll try and put red underwear on Hank. The, uh, the 12 foot tall skeleton. We'll see how that looks. <laughs> Marvelous. I love it. All right. Well, hopefully with this new year, uh, things will things will be looking up. Because, boy, howdy. They couldn't be much darker. So It can only go up from here, Betsy. Exactly. That's the spirit. Yeah. And until they do, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusek8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse8kate. That's fuse number eight, Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our own lovely present is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.